This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG cast. Did a little something different there. Yeah, I thought you were going to tackle my intro <laughs> of my name. How's it going out there? Hello, hello, hello. Oh, this is the part where everybody dropped. All right. <laughs> we usually lose them about there. It's true. Welcome to another episode of the MFG cast. Thank you for stopping by. Today we shall present you with an episode regarding Kickstarter. What is Kickstarter, you ask? Well, duh, you should know already. But this episode is regarding Kickstarter and what we have been backing lately. We've kind of been backing a lot of stuff, which is outside of the norm for us. So we're going to kind of talk about what we've been backing this year thus far and a little bit about each of those projects. But before that, let's talk about what we've been playing recently. Sounds dandy. Cool. I'll start. So I decided to kind of do a little bit of research, and I asked people out there on Twitter and stuff like that, and got some responses about Tabletop Simulator. Just because we're in this whole quarantine thing, I thought, well, maybe this would give me and Tracy more reason to play with people outside of our house. And I was able to get Tabletop Simulator along with John Haremza one of our friends of the show. If you don't know about him, check out Ledges of Tabletop. And we were able to play Orleans on a tabletop simulator. And man, I am super impressed. If you don't know about Tabletop Simulator, it's an online gaming service, basically. And like we paid through Steam. So it was like $20 through Steam. And you can get a bunch of free games that you're used to, like chess and backgammon and stuff like that. But also... People have modded their own games onto this system for free. So, like, we were able to play Orleans, where someone was able to put all of the stuff on it. And usually it's a, you know, basically like you're picking it up, picking up the pieces and moving everything around, kind of like you would in real life, just virtually. But the one that we played, the guy had some cool little setup things where, like, if you said, oh, we're going to play two-player, then you clicked on two-player, and it set up all of the all the pieces and stuff like that. So, like, on the track around Orleans and stuff like that, like, they put all of the resources down and stuff like that. They gave you all your coins. But it had a little bag thing where you could click on it, and you could actually hit this. You could make it move up and down with how many draws you want to do. So if I was only drawing four, I could hit, you know, it said draw four. You click on the button, it drew four and put them in the can't remember what that that thing is called it's like a lineup or something like that but uh it was the tabletop similar is really user friendly and if you have the game modded right the, per, the people that actually put it on, put the games on 
Like, it's really nice. You can buy the official versions, but to me, I feel like you're just, you might as well just be paying for the board game instead, which I, I can see both plus and minuses for it because, like, sometimes you might want the official version because then it's got all the pieces there and you know everything's there. Where if somebody's put just make modding their own version on there, it might be a little screwed up or a little wonky, but. Just playing Orleans with John, like that was a really fun experience and be able to get to play that. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I really liked it. Well, I'm excited to check it out. Yeah. That'll be fun to play with you even. Even though we're in the same house, we can play on different computers and play that way too. If we're like not feeling like bringing something out to the table and if like, like today, like we were outside doing yard work and I'm exhausted. So sometimes putting out a game and doing that sometimes is, it's a little taxing sometimes. Right. Cool. What else have we been playing? Yesterday we had a big family game day. We played Exploding Kittens because Logan loves that game. And I'm bound to win at least one game of that. (laughs) One every single time. We like it, or he likes it so much that for part of his birthday we decided to buy him the expansions for that game. Yeah. So those are on their way. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. He always wants to play one more in hopes that he'll blow us up. Yeah, which is funny because I feel like we've gotten more wins on him on that game than he has on I us. I actually so. don't think he's beat us yet. <laughs> That's funny. I'm pretty certain. Poor guy. I'm pretty certain he's gotten smoked every time. Uh, we also played the crew again. A few more missions. We've reviewed the crew by Thames and Cosmos maybe a few episodes back. Mm -hmm. Just a short little touch on this one. This is the trick-taking cooperative game that is played. I think it's not released or it's just going to be released to the masses. Uh, I feel like it's released already, but... Really? Yeah, I could be wrong. Okay, well, either way, we reviewed that a few episodes ago, potentially... But it's a trick-taking card game that involves um, missions, 50 missions that um, have some variety in regards to whether you can win a trick or whether you cannot win a trick using a nine, which is the highest card in a suit and that type of thing. So really cool game. Love that game. I could play that game a lot. Yeah. Well, it goes just goes to show you that, you know, I feel like some reviewers review a game and then they don't talk about it for another, you know year or whatever so we got went back to playing it it was one of those things too where when we played it and i feel like we did this during the review before we did the review too it was like okay let's play one more mission we'll be done okay let's play one more mission we'll be done should we play one more mission sure let's play one more mission so it's like one of those games that it's fun and yet so quick too that you can play multiple missions and i don't think you'd get sick of it and I wouldn't even mind playing the missions over once we finish all 50. So Well, because the results of it are different every single time. Yeah, and if you're getting dealt out different cards and someone's yeah. being the commander different times and stuff like that, and the placement of who wins the trick and stuff like that, that can change you know, immensely. So right. it's cool. I can tell I like this game because I was talking to somebody at work virtually, and I said, hey, if you like trick-taking games, you should check out this game. That's why I didn't think it came out. I think it's on pre... It was when I talked to them the last time it was on pre-order. Gotcha. And so um, I said, you should check out this game because I think you'd really like it. And I think your family would really like it because I feel like 
we've had that conversation about trick-taking games with, or I've had that conversation with them about trick-taking games before. So if you like it, totally buy it. Thames and Cosmos, The Crew, The Quest for Planet Nine. We also played an oldie. We played The Crazy Creatures of Dr. Gloom by Stronghold Games. Yeah. Gosh, we haven't probably played this game for years. Yeah. And it's one of those that I still really enjoy when we play it, you know? Mm-hmm. For those of you that aren't familiar with this game, this one comes in a cool little tin. It's a card game, but it has components of pluses and minuses on four different colored cards that you lay across the top. And each of the cards have numbers on them, labeled one through six. And so the pluses and minuses that are labeled for people to place on on top of the those spaces, mm-hmm. pretty much, it starts with plus, I think, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, on, it always starts with plus, yeah. So you take turns going around the table and you're placing um, cards from your hand to try to get the least amount of skulls in your hand as the round is done. And you're basically finished if you can't play any more of these cards in action. But if you, let's say, play three red and you play another three red on, you can decide to either have somebody draw a card so that you're kind of hosing up the chances for them to potentially start collecting points, which they don't want, or they can flip it to the other side of the card that everyone plays off of, and then it goes in descending order. So then it would move it down and they'd have to start playing a two and a one, that kind of thing. But there's cards from, I think the twos, the threes, the fours, and the fives all have skulls on them. Mm -hmm. So based on the number of skulls, those are your quote unquote points that you have to keep track of at the end of the game. The ones and the sixes basically can work together to move the the numbers up and down. I don't know. I kind of look at them as a gear sort of. But yeah. So basically what you do is you like, if someone played a six and you're still going the plus, so you're, you always have to do the ascending, you can put an, a one on top of that six because it has the same symbol on the top, which is kind of like a wavelength. And so then when you play that one, then you start it all over again, basically, and people can go up again. Yep. So, so it's pretty it's pretty cool. So like, you know, the ones and the sixes don't... So if you have them in your hand at the end of the round, they don't give you any points, but they're also very good at like helping you keep the game going. So. Yep. And so then everyone plays until they can't lay their cards in turn order anymore. Or they... Or they lay all their cards out, and then their the round is over. Yep, and then it's three rounds, and then whoever has the least amount of points wins. Actually, I think it's how many rounds per player. I think is what it oh, is. Oh well, we played three rounds because yep. we played three players. Yeah. So I'm a big liar. <laughs> but I, but I like this game because it's it's one of those that I've always like we've had for a very long time, and I think Tracy said that one time we had it for like a like a extra life giveaway and we were really excited about it because we i think we'd actually played it because one somebody we knew wanted and we ended up getting it because we we're just like this game is too, just too cool so yeah, yeah it was fun to play that game again yeah and i think i remember the last time we played it was probably when we brought it over to my parents <laughs> and we introduced it to my dad knowing that he would like it yeah but so that was a game we played yesterday when we were doing family game day and another one we played was Men at Work by... Pretzel Games. Pretzel Games. 
which is a subsidiary, 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 subsidiary <laughs> of Next Move Games. If you're more familiar with, no, not Next Move. Next Plan move, B, Plan B. Whatever. I don't know. They have a hundred. They're all kind of yeah. And Plan we B love has those sister subsidiaries. Companies. Subsidiaries. Anyway, we love them all. <laughs> so men at work. If you've never played that, is I the way the best way for me to describe it in one sentence is a fun. Well, it wouldn't even be a sentence. It would be a few words. Would be a fun dexterity game. Mm-hmm. It involves girders. And little wooden men and bricks and beams, beams. and uh, the little supports. That's what those are called. Yep. Yep. And based on the cards that tell you what you need to do, you basically have to make it a balancing act to line up these guys or these girders or these beams or whatever it is that it's requesting you do. With safety in mind. Mm-hmm. Hence the men at work. That's right. Yeah, you and if you spoil and lose all your safety certificates, meaning you crash, boom, bang these things on the game, then you're out. Yeah. And then a way you can win it is that if you get to a certain point where you get to the lady boss, I can't remember her name. What is her name? I can't even think of it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's call her Janice. Yeah, hey, I bet you it does. Till you reach Janice... Anyway, um, and then once you reach her card, then anytime you put something on the, your the workspace and you're the highest point, then you get these uh, employee of the month tokens. And then if you get five of those, then you also win the game. Isn't it four? Oh, four. Sorry, four, sir. So uh, yeah. cool, cool, cool game. Mm-hmm. We found this one at Gen Con. Yeah, talking to the lovely people at Plan B Games, including Mike Young. Hi, Mike. And then uh, also... He's a pretty, pretty princess. Yeah, he is. Let's see if he he hears that. (laughs) Pretty, pretty princess statement. That's right. And then lastly, we played Wingspan again. That isn't lastly. We played something else. Is it lastly? Okay. All right. Let's keep this train a-rolling. So we ended up playing Wingspan by uh, Stonemaier Games. And and the more I play play this game, the more I love it. I've played it solo. I've played it two players. I've played it three players. I think we've played it four players. And maybe even five players. I think we five. Yeah, like at every player count, I have not been disappointed. I really love this game. It's just set up so well. It plays so awesomely, and it's cool that we played with Logan, and he—you could tell—he really enjoys playing it too. And he kicked our butt, didn't he? And not by much. Four points, I think he beat me by. But this is only his second time playing, and the first time he played. He had help learning the game by somebody at Con of the North. Oh, yeah, so right. he did really well playing it by himself. He was just stacking in the resources. And I thought, what is he up to? And he ended up being able to lay three birds because of how he used his strategery. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. I was proud. It was cool. Yeah, it's, it's weird because this game feels like it could be fiddlier and, and a little more involved, which it can if you don't figure out how to win this game, but also it seems very easy to play at the same time. It's just, I don't know. Well, I remember when we first put this on the table and I went, why don't I, why is this not making sense to me? But I think I just had to get used to the layout 
of the board. And then it made sense. But I posted a picture of this yesterday on Instagram. Well, on a few different social media channels. And on Instagram in particular, I had somebody that I went to college with that said, that game looks really complicated or something <laughs> like that. And I went, hmm, it's not shoots and ladders. Mm-hmm. I mean, it isn't, obviously, because yeah. it's Swingspan. But it's probably not for them either. Yeah. Well, who knows? Because... It feels like one of those that it may take you a bit to kind of learn because there are a certain amount of pieces to it. But like once you get going, it really doesn't feel very difficult. You know, it might be one of those that it's easy to play hard to master. Right. But still, I don't I would I don't think I'd ever like shun somebody from playing it. You know? No. And, and I think some of it is luck based, too. Oh, yeah. Luck of the rule. Who took your resource? What are you, you know, because I was trying to plan ahead on some of my stuff too. And then I realized, well, I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to get as many points if I do that. Or I don't have another place. So that's not going to be beneficial for me. So there's always a different play that you can make. But it also depends on the value of the birds Mm -hmm. that you get in your hand or that you get to collect to be able to lay out and stuff like that. So I don't know. I... I would be anxious to play the expansion for this, just to see what it adds. Definitely, definitely. And what was the last thing we played? The last thing we played was Welcome to... What is the rest of that? Uh, I can never remember. I don't know. Your Perfect perfect Home or something like that? Yeah, Welcome to... Was it Your Perfect Home or Your Perfect Neighborhood? Something like that. I don't know. Welcome to by Deepwater Games. And we had ordered... Well, I had secretly ordered... A bunch of the neighborhoods for... Welcome to. Welcome to. Sorry. <laughs> and like a relief bundle or something that I had delivered to the house and I didn't tell Kurt about it. Because Deepwater is or was doing an awesome deal with their games. And so I thought, why not support a board game company by purchasing these? We like Welcome to. Let's check out what these neighborhoods are like, too. So... We played the original Welcome To with the dry erase boards that came with these neighborhoods, which was really cool. I really like being able to do that versus the paper. And then we well, all... I, well, you actually, we actually bought the dry erase boards separate. They didn't come with any of the neighborhoods. They came with the neighborhoods. They did. Oh, so it came with the whole package, huh? I didn't buy the dry erase boards. Oh, they actually included them. Yeah, they came with... Very nice. Well, thank you, Deep Water. That's awesome. I think they put it with the neighborhoods. Still, that's, I mean, yeah. I don't know I don't know about that, but I mean, that's still awesome. So. Anyway, so I thought that was cool. And then we decided we wanted to see what type of, we also decided we wanted to see what other kind of experience we'd get if we played with a different thematic neighborhood. So we picked Outbreak, which is the hordes of zombies that are coming to attack the neighborhood. Boy, it adds a different element. I feel like we had a much lower score. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because basically the goal of that, there's three city plans you're supposed to complete just like, well, the original Welcome To game. But one of them is to try to barricade from the zombies. One of them is using all your bullets, which means that you're killing the zombies. Well, it wasn't all of them. It was just five out of the seven. But still, that's Well, five, cool. that's five is bad. pretty much all of your bullets. yeah. yeah. And the other one was to not let them destroy it or to not let them enter your neighborhood at all, I think, or something. 
wasn't it? Didn't it show arrows? Like, I don't know. The other one seemed near impossible, but we hadn't ever played this neighborhood before. So, um, we, we failed on that one right away. <laughs> yeah, we failed on that one right away. But, um, it was interesting. I didn't finish any of the plans. Yeah, which is weird because you're usually, you're usually one of the first ones to do that. Well, I couldn't get what I needed because the only time you could barricade, which replaces a fence, would be to place a number in a spot where it, it has kind of an empty hole where you need to put basically a barricade, so a barricade get, to get stop to a zombie. And I was never flipping over something where I needed a certain number. So mm. I couldn't finish. Hmm. I couldn't finish mine. But, and, oh, and to say, so they add these three zombie cards and you shuffle one into each of the three stacks like you lay out welcome to normally. So you never know when the zombies are going to attack your neighborhood or what direction they're going to come from. Yeah, yeah. And they attack all three of your streets, which is crazy. Yeah. So you have to choose whether you want to shoot them or where you want to stop them, if you're going to stop them or that kind of thing. Yeah. So it was a cool little thing. I, I'm excited to play that again and then try the other ones to see what it adds. It's cool. It's, it's not what I, the outbreak one was not what I expected. And it, you know, you still kind of play the original game with it too because you could still score points for doing your your things that you're kind of used to. But like, you know, one of them was like that. I can't remember what the purple one is called, like the stock market or something like that, where you real that's estate, real estate. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's where you cross off stuff. But on this one, if you cross off some areas then you get more bullets so that's how you get to shoot the zombies and stuff like that so like that's you know, that's another new element to it so yeah no it was cool yeah so we got to play quite a bit in the last few days so it was nice okay let's jump right into our topic at hand which is kickstarter supporting projects and what projects we've supported so far this year seems like since we've been home for the pandemic We've been supporting more, maybe? Mm-hmm. Well, we've been buying a lot of games. Jeez. Well, but yeah. also... Well, the, yeah. Well, and the thing is, I feel like with Kickstarter, like, we have we haven't really, like, Kickstarted a ton. You know, we've kind of done some of our friend stuff, that kind of thing. You know, things that we really believe in, but we haven't really gone off of the beaten path with other people that we really don't know about and stuff like that. So it feels like these, you know, few that we've actually done recently, it feels like a lot. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's more than what we normally would do, Mm -hmm. where you probably have your tried and true Kickstarter fanatics. Which is funny because they talk about that they feel like less and less people are backing Kickstarters because of the whole COVID thing and what can be shipped overseas and what can't and, you know, things that can be put together and stuff like that. I I, I don't know. I mean, we'll kind of talk about it as we go. I I feel like from the standpoint of the things that we've backed, we haven't really seen any, like anything being delayed too much at least at least on the international or the you know them trying to figure out things on their side you know it's more of like maybe an artist is having a tough time doing this or maybe it's taken a while for someone to write a story or whatever that's more typical well but it might be kind of early for some of these because the majority of the items that we backed are uh slated to come out in fall yeah so it could be we could see that, which is fine. Otherwise, it'll be a nice surprise because I was looking at all of the slated months or the dates for delivery, and I went, whoa, it's going to be like Christmas in fallish, 
or August, September, October, November, <laughs> December-ish. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk about it. So the we'll just talk about what we've the types of things, and I won't I won't leave it solely to games because we have backed a couple of things that are not just board games. Mm-hmm. So the first game that we backed this year in January was Ten Gallon Tank mm-hmm. by our friends from Winsmith Games. Yeah. I'm excited about this one because we were able to. Purchased a copy of 10 Gallon Tank for ourselves, but we also purchased a copy for Toys for Tots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, it's always good to get a nice family game like this, something that looks cool and would play, it'll be easy to play and be fun for families and stuff like that. So it was cool to be able to not only get something for us, but be able to donate to, you know, someone else in need, you know. It was a many, many episodes ago where we talked to David and Travis from Winsmith Games uh, about um, this Kickstarter. So do you want to give a quick synopsis, Kurt, about um, 10-Gallon Tank? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Basically, you're like an Aquarius that's competing to stock the most aesthetically pleasing aquarium. And what you're doing is it's basically a... They call it a split and choose game, but it's, it's like an eye cut, you choose kind of thing. But yeah, it's a cool little thing where you've got your, your fishes in different rows and you're just trying to stock up the most beautiful aquarium and stuff like that. And there's and the car, the cards, the different fish and stuff like that kind of help maneuver the game and stuff like that. So it's it's a fun little a fun little game that plays two to five players and plays only about 15 minutes. So. We thought it would be something fun for us because we always like nice little easy games for our family and stuff like that. And then eventually when we can go to our extended families, we can play this game with them. So we were really excited to play it. Plus it's super cheap too. So So we're excited to see this estimated delivery November of 2020. Nice. So not, not too far away. No. The next one is one we funded in February. Yeah. And I know that you were really excited about this one and I... I kind of had to look at it a little bit because I was like, well, this is this is not a game that I would necessarily like think that it would be something that you would be excited about. So it was cool to kind of look at it and see what it was. Let's be real. Forgot that we funded or that, excuse me, let's be real. I forgot that we pledged <laughs> for this game until I was looking at the games that we supported on Kickstarter for this year. So we supported Crimes in History, H.H. Holmes, Murder Castle. And I stumbled across this on social media, I think. And I also had this um, board game company reach out to me, asking me to just look at their Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So I went, well, they're just asking me to look at their Kickstarter. And then I went, bastards. <laughs> they just asked me to look at the Kickstarter and now I want to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> they knew they get out of my head. Well, that's how they get you. I know. So this one is it actually plays one to seven players, which is really cool. Yeah, that's a that's a like a good amount. You know, it's like usually you don't see that many players. Yeah. And be able to play solo too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's based on if I remember correctly, it's based on a true story or a. a the story of H.H. Holmes that was a real dude, I believe. So it's basically a game. They describe it as a game of backstabbing and thrilling absurdity. Ab- <laughs> you, you can you, help me. You have, 
You have Kurt Syndrome. Absurdity? Uh, okay, so they describe this game as a game of backstabbing and thrilling absurdities. Yay, you did it. Collect evidence and battle each other across a sprawling castle. So, um, if I remember right, this has two stories, even. Um, so, you have to go through, explore rooms, collect evidence, backstab people. Oh, look at this. This says the base game plays two to six players. Well, what the hell? Oh, for the second story expansion, it plays one to seven. Oh, yeah. So, what did we fund? I think we I think we ended up getting the whole shebang because I think that that one of the rewards or the or one of the tiers or whatever was you could uh Yep, we did. Get, get it both, yeah. I looked. So we did end up see this is terrible. We did do the reward level where we get all of the features, components of the base game and the second story expansion pack. So this game, Crimes in History, H.H. Holmes' Murder Castle, is estimated delivery October of 2020. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. And I, I love the story of this, actually. I just, I had to look it up because I couldn't remember, and I thought I did. But um, he was a, H.H. Holmes was a serial killer that killed over 200 people, or around 200 people. And it was actually about three miles away from the uh, 1893 World's Fair. That's why it was kind of like news because, you know, he had this world fair where everyone's like, oh, here's all these things like electricity and la la la, like all these modern inventions. Well, there was this guy probably around the world's fair going, oh, there are all these people visiting and stuff like that. It's a perfect time for me to kind of hide in the shadows and murder people. It's just creepy, but an interesting story. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Well, what's kind of cool, too, is we have world's fair what is it? World's Fair 1883? Mm-hmm. And we have that game. We do. And so it'd be kind of cool to take the two together because there's characters from that game. Yeah. And then either before or after. Yeah. We can take the character. Yeah. Char- we can take the character pawns and we can put them on World's Fair and we can have I them didn't mean it like try that. to solve the murders of we the could have. We could just have a historic game day. Yeah, historic. I don't like history that much. Okay. <laughs> okay, that went weird. Okay. So the next one, we kick-started, well, Kerr kick-started, because I, for those of you who listen to this podcast a little bit more religiously than others, know that I don't really role-play. So um, Kurt kick-started... Descent into Midnight. Oh, yeah. And he did that in February, like the day it launched, I believe. You betcha. And I believe they funded that same day. Yeah, like 18 hours like, or something like that. They blew else. that sucker up. They did. So I'll let you talk about yeah. this because you're going to get this December of 2020. Nice. Merry Christmas to me. Yes. <laughs> okay, so give the folks... That are listening a little taste of what Descent into Midnight is because you have actually played it before. I have actually. I've played it a couple times. Yep. Both times I think I've done them at cons too. Friends of the show, you'll actually hear, you can actually hear our interview with Taylor LeBrush on that. I think we talked to him about it at our Con of the North episode here in last February here. 
along with him, Richard Kuretz Landry and and Rich Howard. They all worked on this game. It's basically you are kind of sea creatures. I I feel like when I'm saying that, I feel like that's like not a good way of saying it. But basically, you are kind of fantasy sea creatures underwater, and you are trying to figure out. You're role-playing certain ways, but every species, every character... Well, not every character species. You get to pick what kind of species you want to be, but then every character has, like, their own, um, like, personality, basically. Like, some, like one person will be, like, a almost like an empath. Another person will be, like, a leader, but then also they've got these other innate powers and stuff like that. And it's one of those games that... The first time I heard, I had heard about it, even though these are f- friends of the show, like I was like, I am super intrigued. I haven't really heard of anything like this, really. And the couple times I played it, I've had such a great time with it. Like even the one time that we we've even talked about it before, like there was one time I played with Taylor and we had a group of people and like everybody but like one person was kind of she kind of like re- derailed a lot of our story. But like even even then, it was still like fun and just and and intense and stuff like that you could tell she was very close-minded about things but like she would ask a lot of questions so I would be like okay so you know I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this and she'd be like well why would you do that like that's not the norm and I'm like I'm not talking about society right now and your opinion about society right now I'm in a role-playing game and this is what I would do you know and just the mechanics of the whole game are so unique that I just I've had a you know just a great amount of experience on it and it it's one of those like I've I have some RPGs now that I would love to play but I wouldn't like I wouldn't go out of my way to play them all the time where this one I could play a lot because it's just such a unique and fantastic looking game and the story behind everything and how you play is just is just super cool nice yeah okay so again december 2020 for kurt's rpg pleasure mm-hmm. um next we funded holy festival of colors by floodgate games and this one i have been for a lack of better words, stalking. <laughs> so for a while, I had been watching it prior to going to Con of the North. And then we went to Con of the North, got to see a... It wasn't really a prototype, but... Pretty much. Sort so. of. Yeah, like kinda... a little bit better than a prototype mm-hmm. at Con of the North because Floodgate Games is always there. And talked to them about the game and the backstory and things like that uh logan and i listened to them talk about it and he looked at me and said mom we have to have this game (laughs) and i went you're my son and i want this game and we backed it um if you've not heard of this game the guy that created this game and i don't know what his name is he is like an overachiever or something (laughs) because i've seen him on twitter a few times and i swear his mind only thinks about games I, I, I could I could see that because that's all I think about I feel like but like it's literally 
and that's kind of what I think what Ben from Floodgate Games said too. Yeah. Is his mind is racing games. But <laughs> basically, Holi is a festival of colors that happens in India. Um, and it is uh, the first three-story game I've seen where you're basically, I'm not going to get this right at all because I've never actually played it, but you're basically um, using these see-through layers to be able to try to, so I'm going to go by memory on what I remember with this game, but basically... It has the three levels, and you're basically moving a pawn onto a space, and then you're looking at a, at your card, and you're going to throw your color, so to speak. So in these traditional color festivals, they throw colors at each other to, I don't know, look cool and celebrate and do those types of things. So you're basically throwing this powder token on the space to create a pattern and earn points and then the higher your pattern goes or the next levels you go up the more points you earn but i don't think you can move up to the other levels until you've until the full like the first level is full and then the second level is full and then you can move up to the third level so you're going to actually spread all your color out and earn points along the way totally abbreviated version of the description because again i haven't played it but it has a really cool concept and a really cool look something that i've never seen yeah, yeah i like i like the i like the concept of the holy celebrations because basically you're the first day is like you're it's nighttime and you're performing a ritual a religious ritual around a bonfire and pray that eternal evils to be destroyed be destroyed and then the next day, you do a free-for-all festival of colors called Rangwali Holi. And you smear, you smear each other with colors and just drench each other. It doesn't matter who you are, rich or poor, man or woman and stuff like that. And some people use, like, water balloons and, like, uh, water guns and stuff like that. I just, I love that idea. I think that's cool. It's a good way, yeah. it's a good way to celebrate trying to, I don't know, be good people, you know? Unite together and it sounds like happiness. Yeah, exactly. So that one's cool. I'm super excited. That's estimated for delivery in November of this year also. Not also. November of this year. I'm really stoked about it. <laughs> and then we have two more that we have out there right now that have active pledges on them. They're soon to be. One of them is close to being funded. And the other one is, is that the right term to say funded? Correct. Close to being funded. And the other one is funded, it's just not through its deadline yet. So the first one is one that Kurt wanted to back, which I fully support him on. It is from an awesome guy that we happened to meet at Gen Con, and Kurt interviewed him there by the name of Alan Panicle. Mm -hmm. And he is doing a Kickstarter for something called Ancient Ones, Sacraments of the Lost Ones. Why don't you talk about that a little bit, Kurt? Yeah, so like... Alan is an artist that I've been following for a very long time now, actually, and I just have loved his stuff. And I, you know, for some reason just hadn't pulled the trigger on buying some of his stuff because we weren't around him and his his internet store wasn't quite up yet. So I can't, we kind of had to wait. And then uh, I'd seen some of his stuff online and I wanted to get it. Well, we knew that we were going to Gen Con this last year. So, I, you know, I wanted to meet him and talk to him. 
and just saw all the cool stuff. We were able, we were able to talk to him, and he was super cool to hang out with and talk to about his stuff. And then we actually bought a couple of pieces, one for me and one for Logan. We really dug it. And uh, he's been doing the Ancient Ones, that art, for a long time. Well, now he decided to uh, put the stories that he had actually written, and he had actually had the stories written for a while, but he wanted to put it in this book, along with the art that he's been he's been doing for them, and put it into this one collaborative book. And I think he said he wanted to make up to four books, possibly, if, if this kind of gained steam. So I wanted to back it, just because I really dug... I really dug. I really dig his art, and I think he's a cool person. And it was just it just lined up perfectly, so I wanted to do that. So what we backed with, Ancient One Sacraments of the Lost Ones, was a signed copy of the book, and then it's Codex One, Sacraments of the Lost Ones. We're getting four digital desktop wallpapers, Kickstarter exclusive pin and foil print. Four exclusive metal trade cards and one metal bookmark. Yeah, and that's a that's a, a really good deal for what we paid, like forty eight bucks. I think that was a early yep. backer reward or whatever. But he still got a lot of awesome reward tiers that you can back and stuff like that. So I mean, this is still going. It's still I think he's about almost seventy percent funded, and I implore you to go and check it out and. Uh, definitely uh, pick up a copy. If you don't know his art, you can actually, if you're a board game fan, you can look up Time Chase by Renegade Games. He actually did all the art for that. Yep. Very cool art. I can't remember how how it's described, but it's really um, unique and really bright colors. Yeah. I really dig it. Yeah. It's almost like fantasy and sci-fi and... Oh, I think Space he, theme. It's, I think he describes Star, uh, for his book at least... If I was reading it, Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's if that's it. Then that's definitely, that's definitely how I would describe it. It's yes. very cool. See, look at what I remembered. Beautiful. So when he funds with your help and or without your help, <laughs> it's estimated for delivery in August of this year, so which is really nice. Really soon. Yeah, and then the last one, because we need to slow down and not do this. <laughs> is the game Canvas. And if any of you have heard of this game, I think it's getting a lot of hype, but I think you said it's also... It's on Tabletop Simulator right now. So we backed this game with the expansions, the premium wood components. So so the game Canvas is, I think, really cool because, first of all, I've seen nothing like it where it has the opportunity to be able to keep the game on your shelf or you it actually has a hook on the back of it and you can hang it up on your wall like a canvas. Very smart. Yeah, because the picture on the front of the the game is beautiful. I like this game because it's like a it's basically you're making your own art but also it's kind of like a card crafting game too so you use you layer these transparent cards that kind of make a scene and you can make you know you make your own thing so there's multiple ways to make your scenes look like something taking you know all these different cards and kind of combining them so you know you can take like take you know if there's a picture of a female on it you can put her in this one piece of art or you can take her and put her in this other piece of art and stuff like that I, I just i love 
that idea of that. And then I believe you take all the transparent cards and you put them in a sleeve to actually be able to see your art piece. And then what we had purchased or uh, backed was a an easel where you could place your art on an easel so you couldn't see it. Nice. And I thought that, I mean, I've never heard of anything quite like this. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really cool. And I can't wait to actually see it and to play it. But we'll have to wait till December. Yeah. yeah it seems like everything's but, coming fallish. Yeah, that's what I said at the beginning. Mm-hmm. This one is still in progress. So if you haven't heard about it, but it sounds like something interesting to you, you still have time to fund it. Or to back it, I should say, not fund it. This one is blowing out of the water right now. They were only looking for $14,000, and they've hit almost $240,000. And and they still have 23 days to go. <laughs> so they made it. Yeah, they sure did. That's only been a week. Yeah. That has to be pretty awesome for them. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so pretty awesome. Yeah. So those, that's what's going on in our neck of the woods besides buying copious amounts of games that we should actually probably play. Yeah. We've been doing pretty good about playing stuff too. So We have. So we thought this episode would be good to just kind of talk about what we've been backing and what, uh, or what's funded and what we've backed and what we're currently pledging towards. Have you been using Kickstarter? Have you been backing anything? Anything cool that we should be looking at to not spend our money on right now? (laughs) That would be great. Let us know on our Facebook page at MFGCast. Or follow us on Twitter at MFGCast. Or you can follow Tracy's Twitter at Mrs. Aug. No, (laughs) don't do it. M-R-S-A-U-G. M-O-U-S-E. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. That's why I looked on your face. You're like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> oh, you were, you were spelling it with that rhythm. That's true. Yeah, it's fun to go back and kind of see what we've kind of backed or whatever. And I'm excited to see when this stuff comes through because we've it's kind of a plethora of different things. So it'll be fun to kind of see when they come and what we can play. So Yeah. So yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the MFG cast. Until next time. I'm Kurt. And I'm Tracy. And this was the MFG Cast. Stay safe, everybody. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.